0: Welcome to episode eight of the Life at Lucid Coast podcast. We're here for another Team Tuesday. I am with Nick Steffi, one of our project managers and all around amazing dude, uh, purveyor of many talents. Nick, how are you today? Doing well, thanks for having me on. Of course. So uh, you've done a lot of different things. Just give us a little bit of a background of who you are and
1: how you got here. Sure. So yeah, so I joined the Lucid Coast team. My role here is management maestro. So kind of a a project manager of sorts, but I handle a lot of the, not only the corralling of clients, but trying to help them, help them through a lot of the issues that they're having. So kind of a business coach and focus a lot on the finance aspects of what they have going on. So anyone looking for help, you know, building a balance sheet or kind of getting that pro forma, you know, any level of opportunity that they're looking at, we can definitely help them out. yeah, so I, I have an uh, MBA from Michigan Tech. Uh, so I got that as a, kind of a replacement for my undergrad. You know, I've always been one for for numbers and analytics and, and being a logical thinker. But it's really been, you know, once I got a, uh, a degree in civil engineering from, from, from Michigan Tech again, I got into it. And I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. I love all the thinking. I love all the logic. I love the spreadsheets. I love the, you know, being able to, to mess with all that. But, but yeah, engineering wasn't really my thing. And so I started looking out at some different opportunities and I got some excellent opportunities as internships with different companies working as a, working in the business world. And so helping out a lot of that stuff. And I really found a passion and found a drive for that. So decided to go back to school, got my MBA and I have been absolutely living the dream with that. So that's allowed me to bring a lot of those, those skills to the Lucid Coast team and help out our clients where we can and really just make sure everyone succeeds. So one of, one of the, one of the nice things that we can do here with Lucid Coast is something that we like to call striving or questing for improvements. And this kind of comes out of a lot of my experience working with these clients where it comes down to a, you don't know what you don't know, or kind of that idea of we've been doing this forever and we haven't had an issue. So one of the things we do is try to instill a mindset that is always open to opportunity. And a lot of these companies, we, we can take these incremental looks Back at our processes and see what we're going, you know, what we're doing. Let's put ourselves in the client's shoes and walk through our own processes. Walk through our own steps. You know, if you have a website with a sign-up process. Someone should be doing that sign-up process every now and then and, you know, going through how they feel. Are there any hang-ups? Once we start doing this, we start seeing a lot of these, these opportunities that exist that we can make things more efficient, more effective. We can increase the draw and, and really make it something that people want to be a part of. We want to make a process that people want to go through. And so by helping our clients do this, not only are they making themselves more, more productive and, and more efficient, but they can now have this mindset where you start applying it to other areas. Maybe we did something for a registration, but now we have our invoicing, and maybe maybe someone that deals in invoicing can go, oh, well, I spend five minutes a day on this workaround that I've just haven't questioned. But now that we have this new mindset, we can start getting them to pick up on those those little littler things and add to their to their ideas. Of ways that we can just improve everything. Yeah, there's a. I came across a a term
0: that I stumbled across before in the past, but it kind of resurfaced over the weekend. The the concept of kaizen, yeah, this kind of workplace idea of small incremental improvements for just always getting a little bit better always being a little bit more polished a little bit more efficient and it's there are some methodologies where it's you know these big drastic changes but it's these little changes over time and never thinking that well that's good enough
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, a lot of that it's incremental change is easy for, or easier for everyone. And it becomes one of those things. If, if, you know, windows came out with a brand new operating system, every single time they wanted to do an update, not only is it incredibly difficult for their programmers, for, for their sales and marketing team. But, you know, it's, it's, you have to now install a whole new operating system and now you have to learn all it where if you can change one thing at a time, keep it on a continuous basis and, and kind of, you know, yeah, maintain that, that progress towards, towards, you know, improvement. But by having it, you know, bite-sized pieces, it's more acceptable, and you can again, just just like we are now instilling this this culture of change, we can now give that to our clients as well, where now they are are more willing to to roll with the punches as things change, as you know, as things kind of evolve over time. They're now more more you know apt to to be on board with that. Yeah, and I think the the willingness
0: to change is one of the most critical pieces of, of growth that I think gets overlooked because you can look at system improvements. You can look at, you know, process and all of these wonderful things, but if you're not willing to be coached, if you're not willing to try something new and have it maybe not work, that's the other Mm -hmm. thing, you know, there's lots of ways to do something, but the first thing you try might not be the, w- the right way for you or yeah. for your team or for your business or for your clients. So being willing to, you might have to go through it a few different times to really find what works for you. And I think that uncertainty of like, well, I don't want to waste all that time or I don't want to waste all that money. When in reality, that incremental investment is so much less than if you fail to change at all.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the, yeah, that investment in improvements can pay off, you know, thousand times over what you're, what you're going to put into it. But even still, I mean, that can be a daunting prospect. You don't want to lose efficiency now because, Hey, we're already strapped. We're already maxed for time. It's a hard thing to do. So looking back, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can start small. And, you know, Hey, I I don't want to get us on an entirely new platform for this company because yeah, that's going to be a big investment. That's going to be a big endeavor change management for the whole, for the whole organization to get them on board. Let's start with, you know, changing, changing what the login page looks like, changing what the, you know, something, something small. I, I just, because it's the morning I'm thinking coffee. So if you want to think of this in, in kind of this analogy, well, let's, let's look at making coffee. You don't immediately want to start from a drip, you know, one of those automatic drip coffee makers to an espresso machine. That's a whole lot of stuff to learn, but maybe you can change how much coffee you put in there one day. What if I go with a little less coffee in the, in the basket or, or a little more? or a little less water, or a little more water. You have all these variables that you can change just a little bit at a time to get that curiosity in there. And once you have that, now you're like, oh, well, I changed the coffee ratio. What if I changed the temperature? What if I change all this? You know, and it gives you this, this new coffee You know, and all that. We can do the same thing with business. So by looking at these small changes, you can now start identifying these inefficiencies. You can start adding up all the time. Maybe you have 10 different things that are taking you an extra five minutes. You now have more of a reason and, and more of a, a, a something you can stand you know, stand behind as a rationale to make these bigger improvements.
0: Yeah, one of the the first self-improvement and business-related books I ever read was a book called The Slight Edge. Mm-hmm. It talks, the entire premise is these small you know, 1% changes, over time, sustained, which on their own are very small things, add up to massive, massive change. And it compares it to the idea that aircraft are off course like 95 to 98 percent of the time. And it's in being in communication with you know the ATC and you know in relation to where they're going and adjusting for weather. And or for space travel, it's even crazier. It's like over 99 percent they're off course. But those small little, you know, uh, you know, 2% angle adjustments, keep them on course. And it's, if you ignore it for too long, it just gets harder and harder to correct. Yeah. And I think a lot of businesses wait too long on many things, (laughs) many, many things. And then it becomes this daunting thing of like, I don't know where to start like we have yeah. you know you know we've like you know from a finance angle you know, like hey our owner has literally kept a paper logbook for expenses and we lost it and we don't know what to do or they yeah. they have been like a little questionable on how they do their taxes and like we don't know what to do or our cash flow is all over the place and we don't like, we wouldn't last a month.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Find a, find a bite-sized piece. And that's where you begin. And once you get that, you can start getting that momentum. That's going to carry you through a lot more of that, more of that process. But again, going, going back to it. Yeah. So something like, you know, we've had paper, paper, you know, records of everything. Now they're gone. Same thing happens with computers. A hard drive can fail. You now have all of your records on that hard drive and that just died. Go. So by looking at a lot of this stuff of like questing for improvements, we can go and say, you know, bring up some of these what ifs and we can say, what if a hard drive fails? Do we have a backup? How do we use that backup? So many people have backups right now. Go. You don't know how to how to restore it. If we run through a lot of, the, lot of these exercises, we can identify some of these pitfalls that hopefully we won't run into in the, in the, you know, in the future, you know, a lot of it, you know, and going back to improvements and that, and that kind of stuff, think of, you know, we we're chatting a little earlier about the video game industry and there's, there's, you know, cool games like Revan and, and, and all this stuff coming out, but all these things are work in progress. They start with these small, small incremental changes that build into something that you snowball over time. There's a reason why you can have, you know, your your release set is 6.014.2a. Right. Well, they're not doing one, two, three, four, five, six there's these incremental changes that are, that are brought into it. And if we, if we do that, then, then over time, yeah, we start, we start optimizing everything to where now where we have a craving and we have a desire to find everything else that's wrong and we can start looking forward and we can start looking ahead and plan out the future. That's going to be a whole lot, low, a whole lot brighter for us. Yeah. I think, I think
0: that excitement, Like, I think when people do this right, it isn't this burden to have like, wow, we're gonna have to keep fixing this. No, it's every time, this is gonna be a little bit better. Tomorrow, it's gonna be a little bit better. Next month, it's gonna be a little bit better because I'm stronger, I'm smarter than I was. I know more about it and I can do a better job and I can make a better product or offer a better service. And the more I do it, the more I hone this craft, the better it will be. Having that approach, that like, not being so stuck in, like, well, this is what it is, be, you know, you like it or you don't. No, it, uh, like, all masterwork items, you know, like, uh, you know, generally considered some of the, the finest weaponry of all history, you know, uh, a samurai's katana is folded, you know, 2000 times and it creates this immensely dense, hard to break steel. Like if you, yeah, you could stop after 200 times, but it's a much more brittle weapon. And it's just adding that layer and layer of tweaking and working out imperfections.
1: Well, and absolutely. And, you know, to take it a step further, and I actually had this discussion with my wife earlier, using a kitchen knife is is the same thing for me. So, so you've got I've I've got I've got a, a chef's knife out there. And you think about it, what was that built on? So, you know, you have you have this technology that that knife probably didn't take all too long to make. You know, they're they're forged. They're, you know, but then you think about it and be like, but the chemistry, the actual makeup of that steel, it's not just some random metal. That's been evolved over time. The machines that make it all the, all the different, the different mills, the different forges, the different, all that, those didn't just appear. So each one of those is an incremental improvement over time. The blade technology of it, sharpening all of this stuff goes into, uh, that, that final product. It's, it's, it's the idea. It was some painter, I think Picasso, we're going to say that, that said, you know, was selling a painting and, and, you know, it's, it was so expensive. Well, that's because it, you know, yes, it took me, you know, a, a day or whatever to make this painting, but it's all the training, all of that background that, that I bring to that, all that expertise that has been learned over time. That's what goes into that. And uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of the, the idea there. And once you can do that, once you finish that, that masterpiece, you know, product, once you do all this, you get the, that internal, you get that little happy feeling. You get the warm and fuzzies for it. And something like that is what you know, we want to instill into these business leaders to say you can get the same thing by adding improvements to your business and by getting these little wins within within these processes. Again, going but going back to, you know, we play a lot of video games, but like a game that I played not too long ago, Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. For anyone that's familiar with it, you know what I'm gonna say it's a pain and you get there and, and you are like, there's, there's not a, a any chance that I will win on this. There's, I can't do it. It's beyond my skill, but you keep, you keep going at it. You keep kind of messing with it. You keep trying new things. And maybe you don't see improvements right off the bat, but eventually you get it. Eventually you win. And you're like, wow, I just, I never thought I could do that. And I just did it. And now you're like, Oh, well, I bet you I can get the next one.
0: Yeah, I think there there's a direct correlation between improvement in oneself or one's uh, abilities and their belief in that thing or their you know ability to do that thing. And I think there's an underlying tone in a lot of businesses who are struggling that they don't really believe in what they're doing, in the mm-hmm. sense that they know it's not as good as it could be. I and that maybe that may hit a personal chord for some, but I think. I mean, that's an everyone who's do, putting something out there like there. Maybe it's a comparison to a competitor who they think has a better product than they do. And so there's an insecurity when they offer it themselves. Maybe it's in you know a performer of they haven't really put in the hours to practice, so they don't feel like they're good enough or. You know, someone selling something that they don't really believe in because they don't actually use it, or you know, it's an underdeveloped product.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Every single one of us struggles with that. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I know enough. I don't, you know, I haven't practiced this enough. And you know, the biggest thing is doing. You're not gonna, you're gonna, you're, you're not gonna make any sales if you're not selling. All right. And yes, you may, you may come out with a flop you may have a product that nobody wants but you now know something you've now you you are now a better person a better business a better company whatever it is you now know something and you can move on and you can sell the next thing and and i don't mean that to make light of of you know a lot of these struggles i mean some people pour their life you know their 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 entire life into into these products and businesses and all that just to find out well shit <laughs> but <laughs> It's it's something that that we have to be okay with and instill, you know, or, or craft everything with the ability to pivot, to be able to say, well, that didn't work. How can we change it a bit? How can we make these little again incremental changes right. to bring it back to something that is that is worthwhile? And part of that is just doing. It's kind of that whole maker culture. Just make, yeah. And through that. Yeah. All that. And, and you know, all, all, the, all the benefits come.
0: I agree. Well, Nick, that is our time. Thank you so much for, for coming onto the show. Yeah, thank thanks you, for having me. Thank you all for listening. This has been episode eight of the life at lucid coast podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow.